Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. So, follow along as I read in Acts 8.36. The Bible says, as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Doing Baptism the Right Way. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be here again. And I ask you now, God, that you would anoint me to say the things that would honor you. I pray that you'd give us ears to hear what you are teaching us today. Lord, help us to understand that your way is right and every other way is false. God, I pray that you would be our teacher today from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Doing baptism the right way. Baptism is one of the most highly debated theological uh, things in all of the church world. Different churches, different denominations preach things different way. When I was born, I was born into the Roman Catholic Church. And in the Roman Catholic Church, they put a white dress on you, whether you're a boy or a girl. They call it a dress for girls and a robe for boys. And when you're a couple of days old, uh, the, the priest pours some water on your head, and they call that christening. That's the Catholic way of being baptized. Some people splash water on you. Some people um, dunk you. Some people don't do it at all because they think it's outdated. Uh, some people think you've got to do it to be saved. Some people think it doesn't have anything to do with your salvation. Some people think it is monumental. Others think it is just merely symbolic. But every question in life that is relevant, every question in life that is, uh, has to do with God his plan, his expectation, his blessing, everything that has to do with spirituality can be answered in one book. Anybody know what we commonly call that book? The Bible. So every question we need the answer to can be found in this one place. But let me, before we go to that, let me give you three ways most people try to determine what's right and what's wrong. And this isn't just for baptism. This is for every course of life. The way you behave in life. The, your belief system, your actions, your mindset, your worldview is usually governed by one of these three different things. Number one, some people just stick with what they think is right. Well, my truth is, well, that may work for you, but what I think, listen, if you are the end-all, be-all for the, your own answer for every question, that's a very shallow pool you're swimming in, and you're going to bump your head. The, the, it, this is the biggest category, though, what, what they think is the right thing to do. And, and we, we see this in the Bible. Uh, in in uh, Proverbs 21, two, 2, the Bible says, Every man's ways is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Look, look at the first part of that. Every man's ways. Now, remember, when the Bible uses man, it's not always being gender specific. More times than not, it's talking about humans. Every human's way is right in his own eyes. Do you know most people feel pretty good about what they do? The liar feels okay about what he does because it's just a little what color lie? Well, it's just a little white lie. Uh, why white people got to be liars? I'm just messing with y'all. That's funny if, you don't, uh, if you're on the inside track. But whatever it is, 
The thief justifies his stealing because he's hungry. Uh, if, if you saw the Fast and Furious movie with Roman, uh, Paul Walker's sidekick, his, his ride-or-die buddy from growing up in juvie together, he got caught stealing. He said, I took it because I'm hungry and my pockets is empty. He was a thief, but he felt good about it. Why? Because every man's ways are right in his own eyes. Uh, the most common excuse, validator, justifier is, well, everybody's doing it. Let me tell you something. There is nothing outside of breathing air and dying that everybody's doing. And everybody's not even dying. Because some people are going to live until Jesus comes back. So these, this every man's way is right in his own eyes. That's where most people develop their sense of right and wrong. They stick with what they think is right and wrong. But Proverbs 14, 12 gives us a warning. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Just because it seems right to you, you better make sure it's right to somebody else. You better make sure it's right to God. And I have people tell me, well, I don't believe I have to follow the Bible to go to heaven. Well, I don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And you might consider this in your own mind, or you might share this with the next person that this would be helpful for in conversation. If you want to go to the heaven that the Bible talks about, you got to go the Bible way. And if you want to go to the heaven where Jesus is, you can only get there through Jesus. And I've had people tell me, well, and I'll go to my own heaven. There's a way that seems right to them. But the end thereof is the way of death. The second group of people, some people stick with what they were taught. Now, this is sad and dangerous because there's a lot of bad theology in the earth. There's a lot of bad teaching in the world. There, I, I, I don't mean to pick on them, but it's just the wildest example I can come up with. There are churches all over Kentucky and West Virginia that have been teaching for hundreds of years that the true test of salvation and being filled with God's spirit is that you can reach in a box full of cotton mouse and rattlesnakes in a church service, grab one, pick it up, hold it up, sing, dance, and run around the church and prove that the spirit of God lives inside you. I don't think they have large crowds. I don't think you can run that foolishness by most people. But they got a half of a verse. The, the Bible says in the end of Mark chapter 16 that... Uh, you can take up deadly things and they won't harm you. It doesn't say you should take them up. It said you could. And when a snake jumped out of the fire and bit the apostle Paul on a missionary journey, they all thought he was going to die, but he didn't die. Why? Because when you're on God's business, you're on God's timetable, and if God's not ready for you to die, the snake can't mess with you. But what did Jesus say when he was being tempted by the devil? The devil told him to do some ridiculous, foolish stuff. He said, the Bible says don't tempt God. Reach in a box full of snakes and take that out. Every year somebody dies, but they, they got their backdrop. They, they, they got their excuse built. Well, must not have had strong faith. Well, they had faith enough in you to do what you said when you said reach in there and grab the snake. People would do what they were taught. And bad news is most people were taught something wrong in their lifetime and it is really hard to overcome bad teaching there is a psychological principle called the law of first truth however you were taught it it's hard for you to overcome that it is hard so whether or not your parents your culture your race 
uh, your, your denomination, your particular uh, life coach, pastor, mentor, whoever, if they taught you wrong early, it's going to be really hard to overcome that. That, that that's, that's why these teachers that are, are these parents that are teaching their kids, you just do whatever you want to, Johnny, and you can be anything you want, and if that's how you think it, you just have your way. And, and, and teaching little Mary Sue, Mary Sue, you're a princess, and you deserve it all. And, and, and then they get slapped in the face with reality, and it, and, and it cripples their mind because they, they, they've been used to safe zones and, and therapy pets. And when they get out there and they realize everybody's not your best friend and the world tells you no and the boss tells you no, they just freak out and get crippled psychologically. Why? Because their law of first truth is they win all. There's no, there's no losing for them. They didn't keep score in sports. They, everybody got participation trophies. So that it's difficult for them to adjust to real life. Why? Because they stick with what they were taught. But what if what you were taught was wrong? Now, I was taught a lot of wrong early in Christ. And I was saved and I was sincere. And I was sincerely wrong about some things because of the, the pastors that I had. Uh, they, they taught me wrong. I was wrong uh, for many years about lifting hands. Uh, the, the church I went to said, that, that's, that's for then, that ain't even for now. We don't even have to pay attention to that. But I got to thinking, well, if you can just dismiss hundreds of verses in the Bible, how do you know which ones to keep and which ones to dismiss? Uh, same, same, same thing, I, I was wrong about the use of spiritual gifts for many years. But I had to come and, and overcome the way I was first taught. And let me tell you, that is very difficult. And the reason why some of you are in such a mess personally, financially, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, is because you're holding on to what mom and them taught you as if mom and them were perfect. Mom and them's not perfect. No pastor in the world is, not, is perfect. Pastor's got, got many mistakes in his own life. And I've had to change my perspective on theology about lots of things over the last 40 years. And it is easy to get stuck with what you were taught. It's hard to go grow beyond your raising. There, there are fathers that don't uh, show affection to their children because... Their father never hugged them and never told them. that. Don't hold on to what bad raising you had, whether it's personal or spiritual. But most people get caught in this stuff um, using different translations. There's a Bible college in Jacksonville, uh, Trinity Bible College. It's world-renowned. Lots of people have gone there. Lots of famous people have gone there. Um, I don't know if it's required for their ministry degree, but when I was in Bible college, there, there was a class there that the textbook was written by a man named Peter Ruckman, and the title of the textbook for the class was God Only Wrote One Bible, the King James Version. And I'm thinking, well, what about the Bible he wrote in, for the Old Testament? And the new, for, for thousands of years, they didn't, nobody had a Bible. But for a long time, it wasn't really until the 70s where churches in America started promoting other translations. And lots of churches today are still King James Version only. And it's because it's what they were taught. Listen to what Jesus said about what we were taught in Mark 7, verse 6. He said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law 
in order to hold on to your own tradition. It was about what their particular church was teaching them. Now, Jimmy's not here today. He's, he's uh, out of uh, a different state doing some work. Um, but I can remember when he first came to the church 17, 20 years ago, however long it was. Um, and he was so happy because in the church that he was in, they were, they were congratulating him. And he told me, yeah, I'm pretty well respected in the church that we've been attending. Um, I was actually recently congratulated by, by the finance committee because I've, I've increased my tithe. I've gotten my tithe up to 3%. Now, tithe just means one-tenth. It's a fraction. It's a mathematical equation. It's not a mystery word. And you can't get your tenth up to, th to 3%. You can't get your 10% up to 3%. But in that church, they were teaching, that's, hey, man, because he was consistently giving. So they were applauding that, but they were teaching their tradition of consistent giving versus God's commandment of you must tithe, Jesus said in Matthew 23. So some people stick with what they're taught. The third group, some people stick with the Word of God. Now, do you think this is the largest group of people, the middle group or the smallest group? This is by far the smallest group because it requires a level of teachability and humility. And there are some people that are teachable and there are some people that are humble, but very few people when it comes to their spirituality are both teachable and humble. Because being teachable means you admit that you don't know everything. And being humble means there's greater wisdom outside of what you possess. So this is a small group of people, but this is the group that I want to be in, and this is the group that I want you in, the people that stick with the Word of God to frame all of our theories of what's right and what's wrong. Romans 3, 4, the Bible says, Let God be true and every man a liar. If I say something that disagrees with the Bible, not your understanding of it, but disagrees with the truth of the Bible, then I'm lying because the Bible is true. If you say it's hot outside and it's cold, uh, that might be um, an opinion, because to me, cold is anything under 70. Uh, I, Seth and I take jackets to restaurants because it's too cold in there. Uh, you know, if you're 475 pounds sweating in 50-degree in weather, maybe it's not cold to you at 65 degrees inside a restaurant. Hot and cold are relative terms. Tall and short are relative terms. If you ask the, uh, the average person... Uh, is Pastor Scott tall or short? Don't say he's average, because the average man in America, according to the government, is five foot nine. I'm five foot nine and a half, so would that make me taller or shorter than the average? But if you walked around telling people your pastor was tall, they'd look at you sideways. He's not tall. Well, tall, uh, it, when I went to Mexico, where the average height of the Mexican man is five foot four and a half, whew, I got a feeling of what every six foot three man goes through whole nation full of midgets around here was anybody grown look like I'm surrounded by children everywhere I went every everybody every man in the building was this tall tall and short are relative terms I'm not saying I if, if I disagree with something that you think is in the Bible to your relative understanding I'm talking about somebody who blatantly says something as foolish as nowhere in the New Testament does it teach tithing when Jesus in Matthew 23 23 said you must tithe well, they, they've lied because God is telling the truth. 
Are you willing to admit that if you differ from the Bible, that your, that your position is the liar position and God's position is the truth? It takes a humility to get there. And it takes a teachability to get there. So as, as we consider the subject of baptism this morning, let's, let's, let's live in this third group. Let, let's see what the Word of God says, and let's stick with that. I read you a verse uh, before, we, before I prayed to start this sermon um, in our opening text in Acts chapter 8. Uh, let's, let's dig into that, do some teaching for a little bit, and let's try to learn what God says. Because it's a story about this Ethiopian eunuch, and there's four things that he did. And if you want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. So let's see what the Ethiopian eunuch did. Because the Bible says that we have these stories for our example. And so we need to study these examples so that we can do what the Word tells us to do. Let's pick up in Acts 8.26, set some context. For, as for Philip, now Philip is an early church apostle. Uh, God is using him greatly to do great things. There, there's something for you. 75% of all major Christian denominations in America teach that there were only 12 apostles and that there are no modern-day apostles and there were only 12. Well, okay, was Judas an apostle? Yes. When he hung himself and they replaced him, did Matthias become an apostle? That's already how many? The Bible says Timothy was an apostle. That's how many? Bible says Titus was an apostle, that's how many? Bible says Barnabas was an apostle, that's how many? Bible says Philip, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on, but 75% of all Christian denominations on this planet teach that there were only 12 apostles, and there are no more apostles than that. Are you seeing that we could have been taught wrong? They weren't taught wrong in malice. They were taught wrong just because it was wrong. But Philip's an apostle, he's going around being used of God, um, sharing the good news and the angel of the Lord said to him go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza listen to verse 27 this is awesome so he started out comma always pay attention to the punctuation stop pause think about what it's saying get it down in your spirit so you can understand it he was told to go and the next thing he did was start out on his going he didn't make excuses. He didn't bargain negotiate. He didn't look for clarity. He, uh, Seth, see if you can finish this in front of a room full of people. First time, didn't hesitate on that. You know why he can finish that? Because he's heard it a million times in his lifetime. Because he was raised by a single father that does not believe in repeating himself to children. Nor negotiating. Nor explaining. If I say, hey. Get up and take the trash out. There's no, can I finish watching my TV show? Can I do it after the shower? Uh, I just took it out last night. Now, when, see, now we're in a negotiation process. Now we're in an explanation process. Now, now we're in a long-winded conversation. They're going to get my blood pressure up. And guess what's going to happen after all that conversation, elevated volume, punishment, chastisement, and drama? Going to take the trash out. Do it first time every time. When God says do it, just do it. Well, I don't have 10%. He didn't ask you if you had it. He said give it. Well, I don't have enough time to get up. Or I, I, I leave for work early. I don't have time to read my Bible. Get up earlier. Stop making excuses and, and be like the people God has blessed. 
Be like the apostles that did what they were told. God told them, get up and go, so he went. <laughs> That's so great right there. We should just take the offering and go home. If we could get that much Christianity in, uh, under our belt, we would be so much better off. Do you think God wants you to read the Bible? So start doing it. You think God wants you to pray? Yeah, so start. I mean, the, that's the way of God. God's not interested. The Bible says he takes counsel from no one. God's not looking to give you a counseling session or you to explain to him why you can't do what he's telling you to do. Philip was told what to do, so he did it. And he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now that reads really funny. Should that say under Candace or under the Candace? Under Candace is the way it says it in almost every other translation. Why? Because her name is what? But it's not. So everybody's going to learn something today. Her name, Candace is not the name of this woman. She had a given name. But it's a title. Because there, there, there was, uh, it, it's just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh is not someone's name. That's what they call that person when they're occupying a certain position. The Candace uh, comes from an uh, old word, Candike. It means uh, pure mother. It's, it's the ruling woman. It's the title for the queen. So this is, this is uh, a, a, a double statement here, the Candace. If you didn't understand that, God helped you out with the queen of Ethiopia. Now, here's a modern lie that has been being told in America for a long, long time. And it's being told by people who don't love Jesus, don't believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day, don't believe that Christianity is the only way to heaven. The perpetrators of this religion mainly are two large groups, black Hebrew nationalists and Muslims. And here's what they've been teaching. Now, if you're not, if, if, if not African-American, you, you've probably never been exposed to this. But they've been teaching for a long time that Christianity is what kind of person's religion? The white man's religion. See, you white people never heard that, but black people know what I'm talking about. Christianity is not the white man's religion. The chief theologian in all of Western theology comes from a man named St. Augustine of whom St. Augustine, Florida, is named after. Now, St. Augustine, Florida, has a history of racial division and oppression and bad stuff. And the majority of uh, the, 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 I almost said Florida crackers, but the majority of the people living in St. Augustine do not even know that Augustine of Hippo is a black man from Africa. That's who St. Augustine, Florida, is named after, the oldest city in America. How in the world do people get away with it? See, people can only lie to you if you don't fact check. Now, Seth's a massive fact checker. If you say something in front of Seth, it, it better be straight up on point because he's not just going to Google it. He's going to look for nine different sites to verify that it's true. And uh, it's, not the black man, it's not the white man's religion. St. Augustine brought us the theology to the west of African theology that he was taught uh, that came down from the apostles. Listen, what do you think geographically is closer to Jerusalem, where Jesus was, Africa or Jacksonville? How in the world are we going to believe the white man 
brought Christianity. No, the black man took Christianity to the whole world, and the Bible is filled. Who do you think it was that God chose when Jesus was physically weak and fell under the weight of his cross? What color person do you think carried that cross? I mean, if you just want to boast in your blackness, don't, don't, don't choose some black overt religion, Hebrew national, black militant, crazy tribe of, of, of bad theology. Stay with the Bible because there's all kinds of stories about Africans and black people in the Bible. And here we have the queen of Ethiopia. Now, this woman was a warrior queen. Some royalty are just like the queen of England. She never picked up a gun and shot anybody. Now... This queen of Ethiopia was, 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 was rough and tough. Uh, here, here's a little side note for you, if you want to, if you just like history, or, or if, you, or if you, you, you just want to study about Africa. The queen of Ethiopia was the only large monarch of note that ever shut down Alexander the Great and refused to be captive by Alexander the Great. She would not yield to the one man who conquered the entire world outside of her little small part. Now, he conquered places in Africa. He didn't conquer Cush, where Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, was because she was a warrior, and she took her people to war, and she said, y'all better try that around the way. Okay, so Candace is a title. Say title. She was so famous. And she was so rich that here's, she had these people that were eunuchs. Now, ugh, I hate to even think about the word eunuch. See, the Bible says some people made themselves eunuchs and some others were made eunuchs at the hands of men. And I'm thinking, neither one of them's a good option. Because that's when a man has his stuff cut off. That's a eunuch. This man riding around with a Bible in his hand, but he's, he's short of some other things. Uh, she had these eunuchs that would work for her. Why'd she pick eunuchs? Because they weren't going to be out chasing. They, 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 they were so, they, they, they didn't have, you, you know, the average man's easily distracted by a woman. Not eunuchs. Got no need for them. So this dude, black man from Africa, sent by the black queen, she had these eunuchs. Now this guy was the chief treasurer. If you study the context and even some other translations, you'll find out this, this is the head guy. She had other ones. And here's what Candace did. And, and there are people that do this now. I know people in Jacksonville that do this. Every time somebody's running for office, they splash money in every candidate's pocket. Why? Just in case. Just in case that person gets elected, they'll be beholding to that rich person to splash money in, in their uh, campaign. Well, Candace had all that figured out thousands of years ago. She wasn't sending this dude to Jerusalem to worship the true and the living God. She sent eunuchs to every temple in the world with millions of dollars and carts full of gold and stuff and showed up and they're like, oh, snap, that must be from Africa. And she would just drop off all this stuff. The eunuch would drop off all this stuff. Why? Just in case. What if Jehovah's the true and living God? Candace is going to make sure she had put some money in the, in, in the, in the, in, in, into that religion. So these are not followers of Jehovah, but she was pretty smart with how she went about her stuff. It said the, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Forced worship, 
not personal worship, uh, part of his job. He, was, he, he went there to worship publicly, drop off a big offering, and leave so they'd always remember the kindness of the queen of Ethiopia. Okay, so that's context for you. Um, verse 28 says, And he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to expand your mind and try to learn something real quick. He goes, if I send you to a church, if your boss sent you to a church and said, hey, look, uh, the, the, uh, the senator goes to this church. We're going to need him to approve the building project that we've got, and I want you to go show up as a representative of X, XYZ Engineering Company and, and uh, put this check in the offering plate for them. If he sent you to a satanic ritual church to drop off the check, do you think you'd pick up their reading literature on the way out and start reading it on the way home? Sent you to a Klan rally to drop off a check, would you do that? Sent you to a black militant, uh, new black panther party? Uh, most people would not go to a church service as a forced participant in worship just to drop off an offering and then get in, in your chair and go back home. Most people wouldn't pick up the reading material. So we've got to believe something happened to this dude. Because he didn't grab some of the reading material. He's done snatched up uh, the book uh, of Isaiah. He's, he's decided, and I, I'm sure he already had access to all this reading material. I, I, I'm sure that their library was great and vast because she was one of the richest people in the world. Uh, and, but why is he riding down the road reading? You'd probably be stunned if you walk in your child's bedroom and they're sitting there with the Holy Word of God reading in the book of Isaiah. You'd be like, oh, snap. Pray. You'd be happy for that. What, what would it mean to you as a parent or a grandparent if you walked in and saw your child reading out of the Bible without any involvement? You didn't tell them to do it. They just decided to do that on your own. Would you think maybe God's working on them? So God is working on this man's heart. So the first thing I want you to realize what he did that we need to do. He heard the word. Say heard. Faith comes by hearing. Before, before any, anybody can come to God for salvation, baptism, or any other thing God wants to put in their life, everything starts with the word. Before there was a world, there was a voice. God spoke this world into existence. The word is important. Somebody ought to say amen. To show how important it is, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Mm. We're seeing it in, in today's world. We're seeing church building. You know, churches used to all look the same uh, in, in, in America and across the world. They all had a steeple. They all had a bell. They rang the bell. People came to church. That's how every church looked in America. They were all A-frame shotgun buildings, large peak on the roof, straight, long, narrow buildings. Uh, all, that's, all that's gone away in modern architecture. People want to meet in warehouses. People want to meet blacked-out ceilings, low, dim-lit lights, fog machines. Everything is changing in our culture, but guess what Jesus says? never going to change. His words are never going to change. That's why if somebody tells you, well, come on, that's just old school. That's corny. That, 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 that's, that, that's just petty. That's, that's, times have changed. Well, times might have changed, but God's word didn't change. And it's not going to change. And in verse 29 of Acts 8, 
The Bible says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? Now, that's not insulting. That's not insulting at all. If you're reading some subject that is not uh, familiar to you, it's probably going to be difficult. If you've never taken trigonometry and somebody just throws a trigonometry book, if you've never read um, higher criticism and somebody throws a philosophy book in your lap based on higher criticism, it's going to sound like mumbo-jumbo to you. So this isn't an insulting question. It's just a factual question. If somebody, if you look, if you go to WebMD and you ask if Pepto-Bismol uh, has contraindicators uh, against Advil, it will tell you no. And it'll tell you why. And it'll have a layman's definition. And it also, on WebMD, has a physician's section in there with all different types of symbols and hash marks and, and hieroglyphic writings in there that will mean nothing to me. But you sit there in front of a doctor, and, you know, he can pretend he can pronounce all those 37-letter words. And who would I be to tell him that's not how you pronounce it? That'd be like him telling me that's not how you pronounce Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. Which we know that is. Tell him, Dina. You know what Mahar Shalal Hashbaz is? You forgot. You've been taught this all the If somebody ever asks you, what's the longest name in all of the Bible? Guess what it is? You can't pronounce it. God said it three times. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Now, see, that doesn't mean anything to anybody outside of theologians in the world, but every theologian should know who Maher Shalal Hashbaz is. Somebody that's not familiar with it. If you just, listen, you, you want to see something that's hard to understand? Just bust open the Bible to, to the book of Chronicles and start trying to read those names out loud. You're going to get tongue-tied. When you're not familiar with something, it's not, he wasn't insulting the man. He was just asking him an honest question. Do you understand that? Because Philip understood it. Verse 31, the man replied, listen to this wisdom. Now, we already talked about how amazing the queen was. This is her chief treasurer, eunuch. This guy she trusts, it's an educated dude. He didn't get all puffy. I study all, and he did study all world religion. But he knew, he was smart enough to know when he was over his head. He said, how can I unless someone instructs me? Oh, if we had that much common sense. If your children had that much common sense, you'd be the happiest mom, dad, grandparent on the planet. I know what I'm, you could try to take something out of their hand and show, I know what I'm doing. Uh, oh, well, my B, I've just been watching you fumble with it for the last 30 minutes, and I thought I might help you because you don't. Mm -mm. I know what I'm doing. Doesn't even have to be a kid. Get, get, out, get outside your home state with a man driving. Let, let, let a woman with a map tell him, I think you're lost. You think he's going to admit that? <laughs> We're not lost. I know where I'm going. And, and, if she, and if she's nervy enough to say, well, you just passed the turn three miles ago. Where are you going? I'm following the front end of this car. That's where I'm going. You sit there and follow the front end of this car, too. Wherever the front bumper takes us, that's where we're going. 
people just no humility, no teachability. It's not just children and men. Go ahead and marry a woman that thinks she can cook. Watch her in there trying to make a decent handmade biscuit. And say, you know, baby, uh, my mama. Oh, now that's all you had to say. Now she's on a rant. I'm tired of hearing about how your mama cooked. You ain't you marry your mama? And then the man said, you got to shut up and eat a bad biscuit. Why? Because people are not humble. They're not teachable. They think they know more than they know. If you don't get anything, get this here. This is profound. This is revelatory. This will change your life outside of spirituality into every walk of your life. Understand this. You don't know what you don't know. Am I right or wrong? So why do we think we know so much when we don't know what we don't know? You don't even know that you don't know it. Of all the subjects that I know nothing about, I can't tell you what that nothing is. Why? Because I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what the blah, 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 blibbity, blue blob theory is. How can I tell you what it is if I don't know that I don't know what it is? Get this much. Understand, you don't know everything because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly who is the person that developed the initial thruster system that propelled rockets at Kennedy Space Center to be able to break off the ground and rise into the earth? And what was his cousin's name? And where did he go to junior high school? None of us know these answers. Accept the fact there are things beyond your knowledge. And here's the thing. If you ever realize how big the universe is, you'll understand that we just have a speck of a speck of information. This guy was smart enough to know. How, how am I supposed to know what I'm reading? Somebody doesn't instruct me. Verse 32 says the passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, and he did not open his mouth. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, you already know who that's talking about. Somebody tell us. That's talking about Jesus. There was no possible way, if you didn't know, if you hadn't been taught that, you could not read the book of Isaiah, come to this passage, and know that that's talking about Jesus. As a lamb is silent before he shears. Did they shear him? Did he open his mouth? Who, who, who is this sheep? The only reason we know who it is, because guess what? Somebody taught us. And so Philip comes along and sees where this dude is reading. In verse 33, she said, this is continuing on in Isaiah, talking about Jesus. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? It never mentions Jesus by name. But everybody in that day and age knew who Jesus was because he was world famous, just like everybody in this room knows who Joe Biden and Barack Obama are. And most people on the planet know who Elon Musk is. 
famous people just get, everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. Fam just because you didn't meet them or you're not part of what they do doesn't mean you haven't heard of them. This guy had heard of Jesus. He didn't know this was talking about Jesus because Jehovah was not his God. Verse 34, the, the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Question mark. He is asking a question. When you ask a sincere question of somebody who's already told you, uh, asked you if you know what you're reading, and then you start asking questions, you have opened up the, the truth in your mind, and you're letting them know, I don't even know. I'm not sure. Can you help me? Do you know? Do you know if he's talking about himself or someone else? See, this guy was teachable. And he realized no matter how powerful he was, and I promise you, there's nobody in this room that had his level of education, his level of political power, his level of clout, um, or his money. But even still. This is why most rich, successful, high accomplishing people don't come to Christ. Because they trust in their own abilities. This man had greater knowledge than Philip. This man had traveled the world leaving giant offerings in every worship temple uh, that he had visited. So a smart, educated guy. But he didn't let his intellect or what he knew about other subjects cause him to fake. Here's what most people do. They fake it till they make it. Uh, um, do you know what you're reading? Well, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. I'm pretty sure I'm a sharp person. I read with comprehension. I study world religion. Um, no, was, uh, hey, was he talking about himself or someone else? So he showed himself humble and teachable. And in verse 35, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. See, the good news is about Jesus. The whole Bible points to Jesus. I love the way one theologian said, the scarlet thread of redemption runs through every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We, we see the sacrifice of the life of Christ in every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So Peter starts explaining the scripture to him using Jesus as the cornerstone. If you study the Bible because you are an intellectual who wants to know about world religion, you got the whole wrong premise. You're not going to get it because it's not just the history of Hebrew people. This book is his story. The story of whom? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it's fundamental. So not only did the eunuch hear the word, he listened to someone preach Jesus to him. Most people won't listen to another person preach Jesus to them. Well, I know the Bible too. Not humble, not teachable. You, 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 you may have sat in a room uh, and listened to somebody. I am certain I have been in a room with Bible teachers. I've listened to Bible uh, teaching, Bible studies, being taught by people who knew way less than I knew about what they were talking about. I, Deacon Dixon uh, spent 30 years in the Army. I can guarantee you that there were times in his life where there was somebody in charge of him that didn't know as much about what was going on as he knew, yes or no. You ever work for anybody that's dumber than you? Yeah. If you work in corporate America, you work in the military, you work a job at all, you're going to work for somebody that is not smarter than you. 
And your pride is going to cause you to not be as good on that job as you could. Why? Because you're not teachable and you're not humble. You need to understand that you can learn from anybody. Why do you think God's got the story of a donkey uh, put, putting his words in the mouth of a donkey? Because if, 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 if the man of God can learn something out of the mouth of a donkey, you ought to be able to learn uh, a lesson uh, from any old common jack donkey out there. That's what the Bible says. Humility. So... He listened to someone preach Jesus to him. We all need to be taught the word of God. Even if you think you know more than the person doing the teaching, God is able to put a word in their mouth for you to illuminate something that you need to hear. In Ephesians 4.11, the Bible says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Everybody needs a preacher. Everybody needs an instructor. I hated to see Tiger drop out of the golf tournament this weekend. I'm a big Tiger Woods fan. Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer to ever live. But even when Tiger was, 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 was at his best, he still had a golf coach. He still had a swing instructor. Now, that's hilarious to me because here's the reality. That coach that was teaching Tiger Woods couldn't, Beat Tiger Woods on his worst day. But even Tiger Woods had to be coachable. Kobe Bryant had a basketball coach. No coach in the world could have ever beat Kobe Bryant at basketball. But there were things that he could point out that Kobe could say, oh, okay, you saw that? I'll I work on that. If you're not teachable, you, you're, you're never going to become all that God has for you today. Everybody needs somebody to teach them. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they not believed? And how do they believe in him of whom they not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? We got a modern-day movement. I don't, need, I don't need to go to church. I got my own Bible and my own Holy Ghost. You're not humble and you're not teachable. And you disrespect the God who you say you believe in by not accepting the fivefold ministry, which he said is a gift for you. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers help us grow and help us mature. Doesn't mean that they have to know more than you, doesn't mean they have to be better than you. Because nobody knew more about golf and nobody was better at golf than Tiger Woods. But if he wanted to get better, he had to listen to his coach. Verse 15 says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good news. Contextually, this doesn't have to be a paid member of the clergy. It's all our jobs to go out and share the good news. We've all got to go out and ask somebody, do they understand who Jesus is? This word preacher uh, isn't connected solely to the fivefold ministry we all can preach. Back in our text, verse 36, Acts 8. As they rode along, comma, as they rode along. Now, I want you to understand how to read with comprehension. We're a Bible teaching church, and I really want to make sure that you get understanding. The Bible says what all you're getting, get understanding. As they rode along. This indicates something to me 
um, that I want you to be able to read and see, oh, I, 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 I see that too. As they rode along, does this sound like one second has passed or more than one second has passed? This indicates a time process. This indicates that they just didn't have some casual three-second meeting, God bless you, have a good day. As they wrote, they spent time together. The unit was humble. He was teachable. Philip was available to be used by God. As they're riding along, they come to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Now, Philip's covered a whole range of subjects. He, it says he began with the passage the unit was reading in. And then he taught him the good news about Jesus. So he's covered a lot of stuff by now. And he probably's covered how Jesus got started in ministry. And Jesus got started in ministry through public baptism. And so they've talked about baptism and the eunuch not, you know, being mature. He, he just grabs onto a bone. And that's what most young Christians do. They grab onto some theological bone. Uh, they, they get interested in Christ. They want to study the book of the Revelation. They haven't read 1 John yet. They, they want to study deep prophecy. They, 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 they want to delve into the, um, ar the, the archives of Egyptian hieroglyphics and how they relate to end-time prophecies pertaining to the Americas. Uh, why don't you start with something simple? Why don't, you, why don't you just do what God told you to do? But he's, he locked in on his baptism. He sees some water. He's like, boom, water. What's up? Why can't I get baptized? And then Philip, anointed by God, tells him the truth about baptism. He says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Now, let's talk about understanding again. When someone says, if you believe, they're indicating that what is possible. You might not. Just because they're talking about it, Philip didn't naturally just accept the fact, oh, you believe this story with all your heart? Obviously, the eunuch was listening because he's already, he's already got clued in on baptism. Obviously, the eunuch's listening because they've been riding along and he didn't kick him out of his chariot. The eunuch had soldiers with him. He had protect. You, you think Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, the only person to be able to withstand Alexander the Great, sent one chopped off half a man out there? to uh, take all these millions of dollars all the way from Africa to uh, where, where they took them and there wasn't nobody there with, with, with a spear? Oh, they had the modern-day equivalent of Uzis surrounding this dude. They Tech Nines and, 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 and Glocks. He could have kicked Philip out, but he didn't. So he's been listening. But just because they spent time together, sitting together, talking Bible together, didn't make the man of God automatically believe that this dude was wholehearted. I hope you have enough brains to understand. Everybody in this room right now does not wholeheartedly believe in Jesus. And he's not fully all the way in with God. So, the dude's like, well, I want to get baptized. You said Jesus got baptized. I want to do that too. Philip said there's a criteria. And you got to believe with all your heart. He said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Let's talk about understanding. Talk about let's reading with comprehension. When he says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Well, what, 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 what is the flip side of you may? You may not. Well, what, what would cause him to not be able to be baptized? He don't believe with his whole heart. 
See, there are people in this room that got baptized before they believed with their whole heart. Some people never been baptized. Some people got baptized more than once. Some people got baptized improperly. He didn't say, well, if you've been baptized before, you don't need to. He didn't say anything like that. He said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So the third thing the eunuch did that we've got to do, he confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus. See, a lot of people are going to be surprised on Judgment Day that they don't really get into heaven. And you need to read Matthew chapter 7. You really need to become familiar with all the verses surrounding chapter 20 before and following, or verse 20 before and following on Matthew chapter 7. And you need to understand that there are going to be preachers, miracle workers, church members, volunteers, Bibles, uh, Sunday school teachers, deacons, ushers, greeters, nursery workers, people who gave their money that Jesus is going to tell them, you're not getting into heaven. Because Jesus said in that day, many will declare unto me, but Lord, Lord, I prophesy in your name. I, 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 I cast out devils. I did many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus said, yeah, but we never really knew each other. I didn't really know you like that. It's a sad reality that good people, church-going people, people that keep the nursery, people that work in food and clothing, going to get to heaven right dead in the middle of Matthew 7. And they're going to find out your whole heart was never really in it. You never truly got biblically born again. And you don't get let in to heaven. But he confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus. Salvation, get this, salvation comes before baptism. I'm going to say it again. Salvation comes before baptism. That's why we don't baptize babies. They haven't, they haven't confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus at four days old. They're just doing what mom and daddy make them do. There's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. But after this unit confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus, verse 38, Philip ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Oh, man. Church really should last about six hours. Um, the only reason church doesn't last six hours is because Americans don't love God enough. I, I can remember back when I used to preach really hard and really long, I had a, I had a standard answer because people would join the church and they'd be freaked out because we had church five nights a week back then. We had discipleship classes. We had evangelism classes. Um, and we had church five nights a week. And I kept getting this class, so I finally just started telling people from the pulpit, before you ask me, why do we have to have church five times a week? Most churches don't have church five times a week. Why does Abundantly have church five times a week? And the whole church knew the answer was coming. And here was my answer, because we're too lazy to have it the other two nights of the week. Why do most churches try so hard to get out by noon? Because they, they don't love God enough to stick around to, to hear more teaching. I get it. You're ready to go home, so I'm not going to belabor this too much. But I just love what happens in verse 39. When they came out of the water, listen, something miraculous happened. And we have these stories for our example. So this is the pattern. When someone comes up out of the water, miracles happen. So you ought to want a piece of that. The Spirit of the Lord, not just something cool but something spiritually miraculous the spirit of the lord snatched philip away 
Now, I, I think that Gene Roddenberry must have read this in the creation of his famous uh, book turned TV show. If he wrote the book, I know he did the TV show. Somebody tell us what Gene Roddenberry's famous for, Elder Keon. Star Trek! These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission. Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek, and one of the big things that people were fascinated watching Star Trek had almost nothing to do with the plot. One of the big things had to do with a room that was being run by a Scottish dude named Scotty, and they would tell him uh, when, when, when they were on a planet and they needed to come back to the ship, they would tell him three words. Beam me up, Scotty. I just believe Gene Roddenberry must have read this one day and thought, oh, teleportion, teleportation. Philip's the first person on the planet to, to be teleported outside of Christ. Where'd he go? What do we know? The Spirit of the Lord what? Snatched him up. Where'd he go? Who knows? But he was there and he was gone. Here's where I'd spend hours teaching if we had the time. The eunuch never saw him again, but it's a transition. Something else. He, the eunuch, went on his way rejoicing. Now, if you're sitting there talking to somebody, you're riding through the desert. Dude, you've been riding through the desert with. You get out, go to water, get wet. You're all excited. You think the average person's thought was to be, I ain't even worried about where he went. I'm just excited about Jesus. No. Most people, here it is, get hung up on the wrong stuff focus on the wrong stuff let the devil distract them with the wrong stuff <laughs> I've had so many people tell me well I'm just a little I'm just a little sensitive you know I've dealt with a lot of church hurt in my life and I tell them you've never been hurt by the church the church the Bible says is perfect spotless without blemish the church is the bride of Christ the, the church is adorned and seated in heavenly places you got hurt by people in the church don't take that out on God. And I don't care how many churches you've been to. I don't care how many preachers let you down. I don't care how many people did you wrong in the name of Jesus Christ. You better be able to agree with what I'm about to say if you hope to make heaven your home. No matter what all they did times a million, Jesus Christ has never done you wrong, and he's still worthy, and he still deserves all of our love, praise, and worship. <laughs> the unit was not, even, not getting caught up. Now I promise you this. If Deacon Dixon stood up, grabbed these flowers, threw them down, and disappeared, for the next years and years and years, nobody would be talking about what a great message Pastor Scott preached on baptism. Nobody would make mention of the fact that we read from God's holy word and looked to the word to get understanding. But if he threw those flowers down and vanished, and... And, and we never saw him again? Sonia never saw him again? 
I don't even know if Mark's looking for him, but if you never saw him again, remember him. So hand signals right there for a wise young man. Hey, and you remember too, he's going to be rich, so. That's all people be talking about. Do you know that no matter where you are or what you're doing, the devil wants to let you witness, see, hear, smell, experience something that takes your attention off the main thing? Most people are easily distracted, and most people will stay on. Hmm. I don't know if I can go back there again. I think, I, I think Sister Nancy sitting on the front row all the time. Not like she's hogging every seat, y'all. Elder Jimmy and Nam, tired of hearing about them people. I, I saw them riding down the road doing 58 miles an hour on a 55. They don't even love Jesus right. Take any advice from these people. You just get jammed up and so-and-so didn't say hi to me. The, the stuff people get sidetracked on right now. I had somebody leave the church one time. They sent an email to everybody in the church. I can't go to Abundant Life Christian Fellowship anymore because Pastor Scott says for himself he's not perfect and, and, and I, need, I need a preacher who lives right. Okay. Easily sidetracked. You hear ev evaluating everybody else. Now, just you don't even have to be a theologian. You don't even have to be able to read Hebrew or Greek. You don't even have to be able to quote 100 Bible verses. You, you read this and you, you can see. Did the eunuch get caught up wondering where did he go and why, why can't I find him? Or, or, or did he just go rejoicing? Now, so should you be getting caught up in the petty affairs of church folk? Or should you just be rejoicing? If God has saved you, you need to understand. He saved you when he didn't have to. If God has saved you, you need to understand. He reached low down into the gutter to get your raggedy self and dust you off and sit you on a solid rock. He, he, he put his blood over your life to, get, to forgive you of sin. He did something for us we couldn't do for ourselves. He, he paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Man, you ought to be so far rejoicing that you don't care. Uh, I, I think I saw Deacon Dixon riding down the road with a blunt. Son is like, what do we need to talk about? If I thought that was happening, I wouldn't out him in the church. I'd talk to him privately. I don't believe it's happening. But would that sidetrack you? When Jimmy swaggered, got caught, listen, spending his own money, wasn't even fraud, the FBI didn't even get involved in it, the IRS didn't get it, when he got caught spending his own money on hookers, and I'm not saying that's a good way to spend money, over 65% of his church quit, left, and didn't come back. Jimmy Swaggart at that time was the number one most broadcast preacher in the history of the world. No one had ever been on as many radio stations. To, Jimmy Swagger could sing, preach, teach. He was personable. He had a way. He was charismatic. He was the most broadcast preacher in the history of the world at that time. People that didn't even go to his church said, Nah, I'm done with Christianity. All these preachers are fakes. Jim Baker gets caught. 
people quit. Why would you quit a perfect God because some imperfect human being did something imperfect? What were your eyes on? Mm, I don't know if I'm going back there. Mm. I'm just not even sure. I, I don't even think uh, Deacon Ken knows my name. Be glad he knows his name. He's 142 years old. Getting focused and caught up on wrong stuff. Drama. Boy, nothing ever happened more dramatic. You never had anything as dramatic as this happen in your life. The dude that just bad. Come to the night to baptism. See if after I baptize y'all, Scotty beams me up and I'm just gone and you never see me again. You'll be talking about that forever. Well, what you should be doing is going about your business rejoicing because what happens in the life of another human being, it shouldn't nearly be as important to you as what God has done, is doing, is going to do for you. This man didn't study what, ooh, stop everything we're doing. We need to investigate where Philip went. I think he snuck off with a woman. Check the bags. Maybe he took some money. None of that. Why? Because when you're happy about what God's doing in your life, you don't care at all about other folks' drama. Just leave them be. Leave them be. Stop worrying about, well, I just really think I need to take a look into, uh, you know, Jessica. Uh, what is her last name? In Quinones, Velasquez, Materes, Velozos. What, what is I, I, she just comes in. Man, do you know right now in this room, I'm going to out you right now, not Jessica. I ain't got nothing to out her on. She's been here longer than all y'all, 95% um, of y'all. There is a person in this room, and if the shoe fits, just chew on it. There's a person in this room that has went to other people in this room's home just to see where they live and what they might spy out on them. Now, do we think that's a good use of time or a bad use of time? Gas, $5 a gallon. You're riding by some church member's house to see what you can learn about a church member? But they do it. Is that what we learn in the scripture? Is that how we ought to be living? No, get excited, get rejoicing. If, if you feel like God can hear your prayer, stay home and pray. The eunuch man, he, he was rejoicing. So my question is in closing, have you done what the Ethiopian eunuch did? Have, have you heard the word? Have you been taught the word? Have you confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus? Have you you've been born again? And after that, have you been dunked by immersion? Too many Christian churches use pouring, sprinkling, and splashing and they don't put you in the water and put you under the water. Last example I'm going to give you. We call ourselves a Christian church. Guess who the one person we're supposed to be following the most is? Christ. Jesus was baptized. In Matthew 3.13, the Bible says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Who was more spiritual, Jesus or John? Who knew more about God, Jesus or John? Who was more important figure on the earth, Jesus or John? Humility. He went to be baptized by John. That was his cousin. 
that was his cousin. He's trying to help everybody. Verse 14, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? Once again, not teachable, not being humble right now. Why does he need an explanation from Jesus? Jesus said, hey, I'm coming to baptize. No, I'm not. Mm-mm, you ought to be baptized. Why don't you just, first time every time. Jesus said, I'm here to be baptized to you. That shouldn't have required any coverage. Yes, sir. Pooh. He was baptizing people all day and night anyway. How many of y'all know the devil wants you to argue with God? Try to understand. Well, it doesn't make sense to me. I need to understand it before I can pretend. No, you don't. You don't understand how the pistons go up and down in alternating patterns in conjunction with your carbon-based emission vehicle that you drive. And you sure don't know how how the devil magically made uh, uh, electronic cars work. Participate in that. John getting distracted like a church person. Verse 16. Verse 15, but Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. It should be, it must be, and it's required. I want you to hear this again. It should be done, it must be done, and it is required by God that it be done. Baptism is not an option. Biblical baptism is not an option. Baptism by immersion is not an option. It should be, it must be, because it is required by God that it be done. And at least after that level of explanation, John leveled up and did it. So John agreed to baptize him. Well, how magnanimous of John to do what he was told. Verse 16, after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. So we know he had to be baptized by immersion. You can't come up out of the water if they splash some water on you. And here's what happened. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Not a dove, but the Spirit of God descending like a dove, settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Whether it was Jesus getting baptized And God opening up heaven and doing something supernaturally miraculous, speaking in an audible voice that everybody heard, or whether it was the eunuch sent by Candace, queen of Ethiopia, who got baptized and coming up out of the water, the spirit of the living God uh, beamed up Philip to an unknown location. Here's what happens in baptism. You do what pleases God. God said, this is my dear son. Uh, in whom I'm well pleased. You please God through baptism. Heaven opens up as a result of baptism, and God does something amazing as a result of baptism. So what is it? What is baptism? It's being dunked in water. As a symbolic show of you died to your old way, you were buried, and you came up as a new person. Here's questions people have. Can you go to heaven by being baptized? Absolutely not. Getting baptized won't get you into heaven. Ephesians 2.8 says God saved you by his grace when you believed, not when you got baptized, not when you joined the church, not when you completed catechism. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward of the good things you've done. 
so none of us can boast about it. You can take credit for it if your baptism saved you. Can you go to heaven without being baptized? Yeah. Thief on the cross never got baptized. Jesus said, you'll be with me in heaven today. So baptism doesn't determine whether you go to heaven or not. But it does determine whether or not you obey what God says must be done. When should you get baptized? After salvation. Why should you get baptized? I'm going to give you three words and we're going to get out of here. Because Jesus was. Why should you get baptized this way? Because Jesus was. And we're a Christian church, and you need to follow the life of Christ. We're going to be baptized at 96 o'clock. I don't even know. Did anybody sign up? All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. You need to come, and you need to be a witness to this miraculous event, this heaven opening and God doing something unique and special event. You need to be, come and be a part of what God said must happen. And if you're here and you haven't been baptized since the last time you made, uh, uh, since, you, since you finally made a real decision for Christ, if you got baptized two, three, four times ago, uh, one time ago, but since that time you've come to a real salvation decision, you need to get baptized tonight. Show up, get wet, do what God said must be done. And here's the thing we're going to do. After the Ethiopian eunuch got done, he did something. Anybody remember what he did? It rhymes with rejoicing. It's the only thing I can think of that rhymes with rejoicing. We're going to rejoice with those who get baptized tonight. Because here's the great news. God's still saving people. Don't, don't fall victim to culture and modern times. God is still saving people. God is still speaking over people when they obey him in baptism. God's word has not changed. And God is still worthy of all worship. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Help us to obey it. God, I pray for every person in this room right now that needs to be baptized. God, I pray that you would just get, give them a feeling right now that, that this is something they need to do, God. Let them know in, their own, in your own way that this is something that you want them to do. Lead them, God, to make the proper choice. Father, I pray for every person in this room who's not saved, that they would get saved today so they would be qualified to be baptized. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.